Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Thank you for joining us. You can take a seat. Thank you for being here. So good to see everyone here today. It's so good to know all of those that are watching online. Welcome to everybody here. I am Pastor Gabe, and along with my wife, Lajinska, we have um, the honor of being able to pastor here at Emmanuel Church. Um, we are in a series called Shut Down Remixed, and it has been about seeking the presence of God. But before I get to that, you know, I always forget, uh, other than welcome, if it's your first time here and your first time watching online, we are glad to welcome you here and we want to be able to connect with you. Let us know. We want to reach out to you. And for those of us who are from the house, from the home, um, we want you to know that you can continue to support this ministry by giving online at myemmanuelchurch.com. So thanks again for being here, and welcome back to Emmanuel Church. Welcome. We are we. Uh, it's it's November, and I still am thinking like this year has felt long. We've been here forever. I know that there's a few people I've talked to that are, they're like, man, I can't believe it's November. It's gone by so quickly. I'm like, what world have you been living in? Because it ain't mine. <laughs> This, this world has, the, the, my world has dragged on forever as of late. And so, you know, I'm glad it's November for multiple different reasons because it's the holiday season uh, as we come up to. And uh, Thanksgiving is in a couple of weeks. My birthday is in a couple of weeks. And um, not only that, it's time to start decorating for Christmas, I have all, which I have already started to do because... Uh, we need a little bit of fun this year, <laughs> and I'm going to try and do Christmas the best I can this year, and the best we can here at Emmanuel Church, so I'm excited for what we have planned for the month coming up. But before we talk about that and we get into that information, I want to continue on with our series today called Shut Down Remix, and this is week three. And I mentioned this before, but each of these messages has two titles, and I give you one at the beginning, one at the end. Um, I just thought it was interesting that way, to be honest. I have no reason, other reason than that to give them two titles. But today, um, I want to talk about prayer. And the title, the first title of my message today is Prayer is Hard. Can anyone relate to that? Prayer is hard. It's hard to pray. It's not easy. It's not. It's not. Like, we, we think about it, we're told we're supposed to pray, we're, it, it, it's something that we, we, we grow up in. If you've been in church for a long time, you've learned different types of prayers, different ways to pray, but it, it, it's still hard. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how spiritual you might be, I can even imagine for those that were the church fathers, that people that we look up to at times had difficulty praying. Because there is so much that competes for our attention. There is so much in this world, there is so much in our minds, in our spirits, in our lives that compete 
for our attention. And so to sit down or to take time out of our schedule to pray is difficult. First of all, I think it's because it's an oddity. Prayer is weird in general. It's not like a normal thing. Like people don't just talk out loud or talk in their head. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you talk to yourself a lot. I do. But prayer is, is weird because we're supposed to be talking to someone. We're talking to someone that we cannot see. And sometimes we can't feel. We, we don't see God or experience God in, our, in, the moment of our li- in that moment of our lives. And we're still trying to communicate and connect with Him. So it's, it's, it's weird. It can feel like sometimes we're praying and our prayers are simply hitting the ceiling. Are going nowhere but filling the space in our minds and the air in our homes, our rooms, wherever we're praying. It's not easy. And so it's easy, but it's easy to become distracted. It's easy to lose focus and pay attention to something else. And I think, you know, I'll get into that in a minute, but it's not something that we should worry about too much if we're getting distracted. But it's easy to. It's easy to, to get distracted. You know, it's like a one-sided, it feels like a one-sided conversation. I have always been of the train of thought that, and t- taught that prayer is a conversation, but it feels like a one-sided conversation. You ever been in one of those where you're talking to someone and they have like absolutely nothing to say? They're just nodding their head. It's kind of like, do I have to carry this whole conversation? Or like in a text message conversation, you text someone and they just text one word responses? Yes. Okay. Come on, say something more. Say something more. And I think that's one of the reasons why prayer ends up being so hard. Because we sit down to pray. We sit down to talk to God. And we still, we feel like, God, can't you just say something? Anything is better than silence. Anything is better than silence. And so, like, I'm like you. I'm a pastor, but I'm like you. This is, this is kind of a rundown of how often my prayers go in the morning. I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll walk around when I pray. Sometimes I will kneel or I'll sit or, you know, there's, you know posture isn't always important. But I start off, good morning, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you for this new day. And already my mind starts trailing off. What do I have to do today? Did I do everything I needed to do yesterday? Oh, God, I'm already stressed. Uh, You know, I I feel like I'm forgetting something. Is there something that's important? Today feels like it's an important day. Is there something on my calendar? I don't know. Is there? Oh, oh, right. I'm praying. God, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry. It's me again. Here we go. Uh, 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 Be patient with me. I'm so sorry, God. you know, so here, I'm here praying today, you know, I just thank you again for the day, and I just want you to know, you know, I want to, I want to pray for you, and you know, there's this, this thing going on, and oh, now I'm stressed about the thing, oh, I'm tired, oh, God, and my mind starts to wander, and I was like, do I even have, you know, is there, am I going to have money to pay my bills this week, am I going to be able, like, my mind starts to wander and gets distracted, and then it's like, oh, wait, God, you're right, praying, 
And so it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy for that cycle to continue and just for it to keep happening. Our phones buzz and we look at the notification and we get distracted. Somebody texts us. Somebody liked our post. Somebody did something. Someone's yelling at us from the other room. Whatever it is, there's always something trying to compete for our attention. But there is so much more. So today I want to first answer the question, why is prayer so hard? What is it that makes prayer difficult? It, we, first of all, we have to be honest with ourselves. Like I said, first of all, prayer is, is, is an odd thing. It's not a normal thing that people do. There are many faiths in the world that consider prayer and meditation part of it. But uh, for much of the world, that's not a normal thing. Even for people that follow certain faiths, prayer is not a normal part of their life. You know, I used to think, as I was preparing this message, I used to think, like, when I got saved, you know, I was praying all the time. And I started to realize, you know what, I was, but it was only when I was at church. I didn't really pray when I was at home. I didn't really pray throughout my day. It's it's odd. It's not normal. It's not a habit that we make part of our daily lives. Sometimes it's boring. Let, let's just be honest. We're, we're praying. We're trying to hear God's voice. And we're just kind of sitting there, thinking there. And it's like, I have better uses of my time. This is, this, we think it's a waste of time. It's boring. And we, we, sometimes we're so tired, even in that aspect, we'll fall asleep. I don't know if you've ever fallen asleep while praying, but I have. Uh, granted, those are some of the best naps I've ever taken in my life. I don't know if that was the Holy Spirit just giving me rest in that moment. But I have fallen asleep while praying. Because there is so much more that my mind, my body feels better than I, that I could be doing. Because prayer is contrary to human desires. Prayer is doing something that is reaching out to the unseen. Something spiritual, something deeper, something more than what our eyes can see. And our human nature desires to deal with problems that are physically present in front of us. Things that we can actually see. And sometimes talking at it, which we feel prayer might be, doesn't feel suited to fixing the issue. We would much rather try to do things ourselves. We would much rather try to to take matters into our own hands, to maintain control, to ask somebody else, because we feel maybe that God really isn't listening to us. But prayer is so much more. And this is probably, this is why we have a hard time with prayer, because we have been taught that prayer is simply coming to God to ask Him for something. It's less of a conversation and more of a, here's my list of things for the day, God. I'm tired, help me with that. I'm poor, help me with that. I'm single, help me with that. I don't know what I'm doing, help me with that. And then hoping, maybe, that we'll get some kind of answer. But prayer is deeper. It addresses something so much more. Prayer is how we connect ourselves with the spiritual, with the unseen in the world around us. Prayer is more. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray. 
And he says, look, you, you've learned how to pray one way. You've learned how to do this uh, a certain way, and it's not enough. You're only addressing surface issues. You're, you're just doing a lot. You're saying a lot, but there is more that needs to be said. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter five, 6, verses 5 to 8. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard for their many, because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And in the verses that follows, we have what is known as the Lord's Prayer. He tells his, um, and this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins and help us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil and some versions add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So he teaches us to pray. He tells us, he gives us an outline. He tells us, look, you've been taught to pray. There is so much more to it. I'm going to give you an outline. And I, I've preached on, on this verses before. I've preached on the Lord's Prayer before. But I want to look at something a little bit more. I want to look at the, the, what is behind what Jesus is saying. Because I believe there are two main issues that cause prayer to be difficult for us. There are two image problems that we have that cause prayer to be hard. The first is we believe we have we have one of two views of self. The image issue is about self, ourselves. What do we think of ourselves? We either one have too high a view of ourselves, or two, have too low a view of ourselves. Too high a view or too low a view. Both of these things make prayer difficult. And Jesus addresses them. He says, don't be like the hypocrite. Don't be like the hypocrite. They stand on the streets in the and in the synagogues praying loudly so that people can hear them. They have a high view of themselves. And this can get in the way of our prayer lives. This can get in the way of us connecting with God. This high view of ourself comes from pride, comes from the desire to control things. This says, I am better. And so because I am better, people need to hear me pray. People need to hear me talk. People need to know that I'm praying. People need to know what is going on because it's less about what they're praying. It's less about what they're saying and more about how they view themselves. They say, I am more than enough. And so this gets in a way of our prayer lives in, in a couple different ways. One, pride keeps us from being humble and keeps us from realizing our weaknesses. Pride in our lives and pride in our prayer lives says that I do not need God. Because I can handle this situation myself. I don't need to ask God for help in this situation because I'm good. 
What do I need to ask God for forgiveness for? I've never done anything wrong in my life. I'm perfect. Pride says, I don't need God. And so, of course, our prayers seem empty. And so, you might be thinking, you know, well, Pastor, I'm I'm not that bold to say that I don't need God. I'm not bold to say that, you know, I don't need forgiveness or this and that. Yeah, but it comes out in more subtle ways. It comes out not just in our prayer lives, but in, our, but in reality. When we're praying, maybe we say, God, I need you. But in life, we're living as if we don't. We're, we're acting in our prayer life something that is not true in our hearts. And so that pride is there in our prayer. Even if our words might mouth it. There is something deeper in our hearts. Jesus talked about that. He said, the Pharisees, they praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They praise me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that, that's, what pride do. that's what pride does. We have this high view of ourselves. We, this, we have this view that says, I can control the outcome of the situations in my life. I, I, I just have to plan more. I just have to prepare more. I just have to be prepared for every single eventuality because I know that I I know what I'm doing. I know more than so-and-so. I know more than this pastor. You know, I've seen people argue with ministers online. Most recently I saw a conversation on Twitter and someone was like, "Uh, I won't go into details because it was just a little bit political, but one of the things that got, got to me was that this person was saying, it's like, all these people, they don't know the Bible. And then they started a conversation with someone who was like, well, you know, I have, an, I, 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 I have spent my life studying to know, and I have a degree in biblical studies. And that's what I do. That's my life. And the person responded, well, having a degree in biblical studies doesn't make you an expert in the Bible. And I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> then what does I mean, you're, that person's life is dedicated to learning more about how to study the Bible, and you're saying that they're not an expert in the Bible. Because we presume to know more. Presume to know more than the experts. Presume to know more than people who have experienced things or learned things or gone through things. And so this high view of self will block us from connecting with God. Because God says, pride The the book of Proverbs tells us in so many different verses how God hates the proud. And it's not that he hates them, but their pride gets in the way of them actually experiencing God's love and what he has prepared for them. So there's the high view of self, but then there's the low view of self. Sometimes we are so down on ourselves that we cannot connect with God because of guilt, because of shame. Because of fear. We let ourselves believe that we are less than who God has created us to be. We believe that, well, you know, it's been a long time since I've prayed, so I don't even know if God wants to hear from me. You know, I did some things this week. I don't know if I should even go to church. Man, I might burn up on walking into the entrance of the building it's funny. It, it's funny, but I have talked to people who have literally believed that, that they cannot 
physically be in church. So they cannot pray because they see themselves as less than. They see themselves as not enough that God would not dare to be in their presence, that he would not even want to look their way. And this view of ourselves keeps us from connecting with God because we, he knows and he treats us so much more than we treat ourselves. He loves us more, more than we could ever imagine. But this view of God will keep us away. Well, this view of ourselves will keep us away from God's presence. Third thing, our view of God. This, this is the second image problem. Sorry, not third. The second image problem that we have is our view of God. And this, this can manifest in a, in a few different ways. It can manifest in anger. Maybe we're angry at God. God didn't answer my prayer. God didn't do this. God didn't do that. Why did this happen? I'm angry at God. And so we don't want to pray. We don't want to seek after God because we're angry. Maybe we're disappointed. Well, you know, that's just not, I mean, something good happened maybe, but that's not how I wanted it to happen. We're disappointed in God. We're disappointed in life. We're, we, we are bitter. We're bitter about something that happened good to someone else. To something else. Something that didn't, that did, that didn't fit our view, world view. And so we're bitter and we're disappointed. And shame comes into here too, you know, because we view, we see that God, we think that God is always angry at us. And so we hide ourselves. So Adam and Eve did in the very beginning when, when they committed the first sin in this, in, of humanity, they hid themselves. They were ashamed and they hid from God. This is our problem. We have a very low view of who God is. And by that, 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 that expansive meaning covers a lot of different things. Because in shame, if, if we're feeling shame from God, then we think he is far less forgiving and gracious than he actually is. We don't, we don't hold him to a high view there. If we're bitter and angry and disappointed and are a multitude of other things, we are assuming that God, all God is, is a, a means to an end for us to get the, our way in life. To get what we want, to get our political party elected, to get our uh, dreams and desires fulfilled, to get our way of thinking fulfilled. That view of God, that, that is a low view of God. Because yes, God can make what you want to happen, but he is so much more than that. And a low view of God will also put ourselves down. To a point where we don't realize that we are created in his image. There's this image problem, I believe, is what makes prayer so difficult. This image problem is what takes us to a place where ultimately prayer becomes difficult. Because it is about that space and that time. We allocate prayer to the time that we take. And we believe we cannot enter that space, enter that time, enter that presence, enter this place, this church, because of God or how, because of how we view God or how we view ourselves. So what do we do? 
How do we change this around? How do we make, make prayer more than that? How do we make prayer a little bit easier than that? So it's an image issue. So how do we deal with our image issue? First of all, we have to, to address the issues of self. The high and the low view of self. We have to find somewhere in between. Yes, we are weak. Yes, we don't deserve God's love. And that is a true statement. We don't deserve God's love. Yes, we make mistakes. Yes, we are imperfect. But, but God is good. Ultimately, all of this our, our self problem and our God problem and our view of God problem, this image problems, these image problems we have can be solved by changing our perspective on how we view God and what we see in Him, on how we understand Him, how we can, how, how do we take this issue? How do we change it? First of all, we have to deal with self. And the, self, the self-image part, whether high or low, we have to deal with self. And the Apostle Paul says that we must take up our cross daily. Jesus said that too. He says, take up your cross daily. Pick up your cross and follow me. So what that means, what we, have, what we need to understand is that our selfish desires, our flesh desires need to be put to rest. And so what I mean by that is I don't mean that you need to, like, forsake everything in this world and be super spiritual. No. What, I'm, what I don't mean is that we need to ignore the issues, the physical issues, physical things in our world that we need to take care of. No. I'm not telling you to try and fight distractions. I'm not telling you to, to, to deal, to try and change all of that. Because there are things that we need to deal with physically that are the world around us that we need to interact with distractions and things that the way we think, the worries and feelings of our lives, that's part, that's normal. That's part of being a human experience. What I mean is that we, what the Bible is telling us is that we need to take what the world, what our flesh desires more than God and put it to death. Put it on the cross. Tend it over to Him. To know that in prayer, we can exchange that for something better. Because prayer isn't just asking God for something. Prayer is learning to trust God. Prayer isn't just asking God for help. It is learning to grow to be like Him. Prayer isn't about controlling things. It's about losing control to God. This image of self is partially our responsibility and half God's responsibility, but we need to meet him halfway. And the halfway is is that he says we need to die die to ourselves, humble ourselves. Say, God, I know that I am not worthy. I know that I don't deserve love, your love. I know I don't deserve these things, but you, God, are good enough. Where I can hand over that, my brokenness, my sin, my imperfections, and put it into your hands in prayer to you, for you to make me more than I am. Make me more into your image. The issue of self is not about being better. 
are dealing with our, uh, our it's about be dealing with our imperfections and saying, I'm going to be able to put myself in God's hands. I want to put myself in God's hands. So that's how we deal with ourselves. But how do we deal with the issue of God? Because this one is more, even more important. Because if we, if we do not eat, deal with how we see God, we will not be able to change how we see ourselves. Because I can tell you, we need to die to ourselves, humble ourselves, and believe that God is good. But if we don't believe that God is good, do you see the problem? We will not be able to make that jump. We will not be able to make that connection. So how? How do we change our image of God? And it is this, it's, it's this simple an answer, but it's deeper on the surface. The answer is, we worship. We worship. And last week I talked a little bit about how worship is more than we perceive it to be. I've talked a little bit about that in the series so far, but I want to get a little bit deeper into that. What is worship? Worship is our lens with which we view God. You can gauge your view of God by your worship in life. How you worship God is how you see him. Because if you only worship God through the songs you sing on Sundays, then you have a small view of God. Because God is more than Sunday. If we only celebrate or are grateful to God when good things are happening in our lives, when good things are happening around us, when things go the way we want them to, you have a small view of God. Because God is more than the good things. If you, if you are only grateful to God, are only sing His praises when you get what you want, and then you complain to try and twist God's arm, you pray to try and twist God's arm to get your way instead, you have a small view of God. Our view of God is seen in our worship. I'm not talking about just the songs, though. If it's just songs, if that's how you worship God, just in song, then you have a small view of God. Because worship is so much more than that. Jesus told us that a time was coming. He told a woman that he was talking to at a well. And he told her, he says, you worship on this mountain. And the Jews, they worship in the temple. But I tell you the truth, that one day, those who are true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. That What he was telling us is that it doesn't matter the place. Worship is not about a place. Worship is not about being here on Sunday and singing songs. Worship is about what you do in you. And on the outside, in your heart and through your actions, that is spirit and truth. What's on the inside and what's on the outside. It is the action that we take. It is what our heart says. It is how we live our lives on a daily basis. The Apostle Paul even said, whether you eat or drink, give glory to God. And that sounds weird. How can we eat and drink, sleep, and give glory to God? It's, it's an odd thing. But what, what, the, what the writers of the New Testament were telling us, and what we see that Jesus was trying to tell us, is that worship isn't 
isn't defined how we think it is. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not prayer. It's not just singing songs. Worship is a lifestyle. It's how we live our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Live your lives as a living sacrifice. This is your good and holy worship to God. It is how, what we do is when we wake up in the morning, are we giving glory to God? And I don't mean standing there saying, first thing in the morning you wake up and just say, praise be to God. No. Most of us are not even aware of what is happening in our lives at that moment in time. Some of it, for me especially, I need coffee to get myself going in the day. It's not that. It's how are we, our understanding of worship is so small. It's how we treat ourselves. How we treat ourselves is worship to God. Are we taking care of ourselves? Because this is the image. We carry the image of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we taking care of ourselves? Are we treating ourselves well? Are we getting enough rest? Are we drinking enough water? Are we doing what we need to do to be healthy? Are we looking out for ourselves? That's worship to God. Are we looking out for our neighbor? Are we making sure that we are doing everything possible in this pandemic to make sure that our neighbor is safe and we don't get them sick? Are we taking care of our neighbor? Are we loving those that are not loved by any others? That is our worship to God. Are we looking after the homeless, the widow? Are we standing for injustice? That is our worship to God. Are we singing the songs? Yes, that is our worship to God. Are we celebrating the good? And celebrating even when there's bad, that is our worship to God. It doesn't make sense. But the Apostle Paul said, you should rejoice in your suffering. Paul, you got to screw loose. Rejoice in suffering? What? No. I'm suffering. But Paul's view of worship, Paul's view of God was so much bigger than I think many of us have in our lives. Paul's view of God looked at everything and said, you know what? I have experienced so much. And we, we, we go, there's a portion of scripture where he talks about everything that he's gone through in his life. And I'm almost done here. We, he goes through everything that he's had, uh, gone through in his life. And he says, you know what? I've been stoned half to death twice. I've been shipwrecked. I've been put in prison. I've had times in my life where I've had nothing. No, no finances to speak of. And I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I've had times in my life where I've had more than enough. More than I needed. He, this is the man who, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, re- wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice in prison. He was in prison. And he wrote this. This man is an example of, our, of a high view of God, of a big view of God, that his God was more than his circumstances. This God was more than what was good, what was bad. And in fact, he's the one who wrote, God can work all things for the good of those who love him. He can take my misfortune and work it for good. He can take my celebration and work it for good. He can take everything in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and make it for good. Prayer is hard. Do you know why prayer is hard? And I'm about to get to my second title for my message today. Do you know why prayer is hard? Prayer is hard is because we stop when we say amen. 
prayer is hard because we stop when we say amen. And prayer was never meant to be a string of words that we put together. Prayer was meant to be the way we live our lives. Whether you eat or drink or sleep, where you go, what you do, what you say, how you live, do it all for the glory of God. This is our worship. This is how we elevate our view of God. And when we do that, when we do that, we can better understand the world we're in. We can better see ourselves and understand that we are loved, that we have been given grace and mercy more than we can fathom. And that every person around us is deserving of the same because the same God who loved us loves them. This high view of God will help us to get into time of get into a time of prayer and just enjoy it. Distractions and all. Life and all, because that is that that's what it is. Living life. To pray without ceasing is to live life and constantly be talking to God. Even if there's the life, even if the world is full of distractions. Same thing happens when we talk to our friends. Phones, texts, stuff comes through, but we keep talking. We're still there. And God says, just be there. Just talk to me. Prayer is living. Prayer is living. That would that is what God is calling of us to do. Live today in prayer. The most important thing to understand is that through all of this, our view of God must point to this, point to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who came to reestablish this connection because sin and the brokenness of humanity is what caused this connection to break in the first place. So Jesus came and he took it all. Our sin, our sickness, our brokenness, everything that defines what a broken world is, he took that on himself and he took it to the grave. And just to show it up, he said, I died with you all. I died with sin. I died with sickness. I died with all of this. But I didn't die. And I came back to prove to you once and for all, to prove to us once and for all that his love, nothing can hold it back. Nothing can hold it back. So would you stand with me this afternoon as we get ready to close? And I want to pray. How can we do better in our prayer lives? More than just taking time in the morning, but are we living it? Are we living in connection with Jesus? Are we living in connection with the Holy Spirit? Are we living in connection with the one who loves us? pray today that we might find our way into that because it's a process it's a discipline it takes time it takes effort to make our way to that point but through practice through effort we can be able to get to that point where our lives are prayer our lives are worship but we have
have to start by giving it over to God today. And if you need Jesus today, if anybody is watching and you don't know Jesus, that story I told, he's, he's here to give it all to you. To the, the, he gave everything for you, gave his life for you so that you could have a second chance at life today. No matter what you might feel or where you might be at, he can take it all on himself. So I want to pray for that and I want to pray for, for us that we might live out prayer in our lives. If you, want to, if you want to give your life to Jesus in this moment, I ask that every head is bowed, eyes closed in this moment. Just pray this prayer with me, and then we'll pray for you. Jesus, life hasn't been easy, but here I am. I need another chance. I know that things are difficult. I know there is sin in my life, and I want to give it to you because you gave your life to me. So here's my life. I give it to you so that I can walk in yours. For anybody that prayed that prayer in this moment, Lord, we pray over them. We ask that you surround them in your love and your presence and your hope and let them know that they are today transformed into a new creation, that they are now welcome into the family of God like they have never been before. They are surrounded by those who would love them, would care for them, and would help them along this new path in life. We thank you, Jesus, and we celebrate that. And for the rest of us, Lord, might we seek after you today. Help us and teach us, teach our our hearts, teach our minds, teach our spirits what it is to live in prayer today, what it is to live in worship today, how we must turn our view to you and change how we see you. You are not a small God that we would be able to change your mind, but you are so much bigger, so much more loving, so much greater, so much more powerful than we can imagine. So help us take that step today to live our lives in prayer, to live our lives in worship. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.